Welcome to the week seven of the 2021 NFL season edition of the Wolf Sports Show. I'm your host, David Chapin. We've got six teams on a bye this week. We'll see what happens, but I'm going to try to make this show slightly shorter this week. Six teams are on a bye. I'll hit on them quickly. Last week, I should have hit on the teams that were on a bye. Uh, we're trying to hit on all 32 teams every week to look out for fans of every single team because I know some of the big media doesn't really cover every team. They kind of do the same things over and over, same topics or whatever. To start with the six teams on a bye this week, the Bills, they are coming off their second loss of the season and during their bye they were kind of a little bit in control of the game against the Titans, but Derek Henry is difficult to contain for four quarters. He broke a long run early in the game, had three touchdowns. It's just hard to stop Henry. The Bills have done a relatively good job against Henry, but it didn't work out Monday night. But they could easily, you could say this for a lot of teams, a lot of games, a lot of plays, but they could easily be entering the bye with a win if that quarterback sneak worked out because they were in a spot to win it in the end with a go-ahead touchdown with under a minute to go but the Bills are a really good team obviously and nobody should be concerned about them the Steelers are the other team that beat the Bills this season in week one they beat them and they got back to 500 they got a big win over the Seahawks it was at home for the Steelers but still Seattle is not an easy team to beat even without Russell Wilson so Mike Tomlin's squad's five, back to 500 at three and three, and they're entering their bye week. And they're just—they're not a team that panics under Tomlin. Fans shouldn't be panicking. They're in a pretty good spot at three and three. And Ben Roethlisberger has looked more like himself the past two weeks, and he'll take the bye to recharge a little bit again. A little later bye probably would have been better for the Steelers towards the end of the season, but. They'll look to go on a run when they return to action. A lot of big teams on a bye this week. The Cowboys also on a bye. And it has some fancy football implications. Many people are dealing with star players not being available because of their buys. But the Cowboys are coming off a big win at Foxborough. C.D. Lamb got going. Uh, he's He wasn't going to be held down for too long. He wasn't having an outstanding last few weeks but he broke out against the Patriots caught the game winning touchdown Trevon Diggs had another pick six another interception he's got seven through six games he's just playing he's on a historical stretch as a defensive back in league history the Cowboys are pretty much stacked on both sides with talent and the offense it's just hard to stop them they have kind of answers for anything. They can run it. They can throw it. And they should get Michael Gallup back soon at receiver. The Chargers, I guess it was probably only a matter of time before Justin Herbert had like an off game. And they got destroyed by the Ravens. I kind of chalk it up to that. Herbert was just slightly off on some throws, which could have like kept drives going. So it was just an off game for him. He's an outstanding on quarterback he'll bounce back and the chargers i don't 
think they'll play that poorly again this season. Also, Bai should give Mike Williams time to get healthier. He's who Herbert was mostly off target uh, throwing to against the Ravens. And they should all get back on track when they return to action in week eight. The Vikings, Kirk Cousins has been really clutch at the end of games this season. Again, you could say this for a lot of team situations, but the Vikings could easily be 5-1. and one. They've had a couple of extremely close losses, but Cousins has led them back a couple of times. For the defense, losing Patrick Peterson will be tough. He's like a veteran presence at corner for Mike Zimmer. He's on IR with a hamstring injury, which will force him out at least a few weeks, probably more. But after the defense gave up the lead to Carolina, it was good to see Cousins again come up clutching over time. And the Jaguars are team number six on the bye this week. They're coming off their first win. For some reason, the Dolphins didn't take the bye after the London game, which is an option the NFL offers. They didn't want it. I don't know why. Kind of weird. But the Jags took it just as the Falcons and Jets did the previous week after their London game. But the Jags were like pretty thrilled to get the victory. Urban Meyer's first NFL win. Trevor Lawrence's first NFL win. And the Meyer off-field stuff kind of seems a little bit forgotten. The team plays hard. They have a good run defense. So I'd say it's a pretty good sign that the Meyer situation seems behind them. They got to win. And they'll look to build on it when they return. All right, let's get to week seven games. The Broncos and the Browns kick it off tonight. The teams don't really look much like they did in week one in the preseason. Baker Mayfield is out with his left shoulder injury. It's clearly bothering him. He hasn't played well this season. Even though it's his left shoulder, it still affects you throwing the ball. So he's out, and Cleveland is going to hope that the time off will hopefully get the shoulder in a better spot, but it's something he's going to deal with probably all season until he gets surgery after the year. Hopefully he can last the entire season. And Case Keenum is going to start. It was pretty funny. He said like, he's built for this to get thrust into a starting job on a short week, a day in advance or whatever. He said he's had to introduce himself to guys in the huddle at some point, so... That's nothing compared to this. At least he knows these guys. He's been with the Browns. And I was liking maybe Denver to upset Cleveland, but I think Keenum might pull off some magic, but he'll probably be down to Buckham Jr., who's dealing with the injury himself. Jarvis Landry might be back, might be activated off injured reserve. And the Browns are down Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Hunt's going to miss several weeks with a calf injury. Chubb is out his second straight game with a calf injury. But keep an eye on Demetric Felton, rookie from UCLA. He had no business. I believe he went in round six. He should have went much higher. The Browns have praised him all offseason. Nick Chubb said he was excited to see him play. One of the biggest things he was excited about this season to see Felton play. He hasn't done a ton yet, but he's gotten involved some, shown flashes, and he should have a big opportunity ahead of him tonight. And I expect him to take advantage. Although he is facing a tough Denver defense. The Broncos have lost three straight after their 3-0 start. Von Miller basically said he's going to kill 
whoever's out there at tackle for the Browns. Browns are banged up at tackle. But it's not the first time Miller has tried to get his team going ahead of a short week Thursday game. A couple of years ago, he did it when they faced the Cardinals, and he backed up his talk. The Broncos won 45-10, I think it was, if I remember correctly. It was a memorable game because the Miller comments, and he made similar comments this week. So we'll see if Denver Browns ends the losing streak and gets on track. Moving to Sunday, Chiefs and Titans is one of the big ones from the early window, 1 o'clock games. Again, Derrick Henry is basically the great equalizer. He, you can't, you really can't stop him almost. He's extremely reliable, yet he's also a game breaker that breaks huge plays, gets in the end zone. He's well on his way to his second consecutive 2000 yard game or season, even with the additional 17 game. That doesn't make a huge difference. It looks like he'll coast by 2000 yards if he stays healthy. He's basically putting up the numbers he puts up at the end of the year when the weather's cold and defenses are less eager to tackle. He's basically doing that already from the jump, aside from week one when the Cardinals defended him well, actually. And the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, had another bad interception last week. He doesn't seem concerned by it, which I guess is good. He's ultra-confident. The Kansas City defense hasn't been great this year obviously. And it's going to be a tough task stopping Henry and AJ Brown got going last week for the Titans. Julio Jones, it's kind of odd with Julio. I guess it's another hamstring issue. He did limp off the field, but it looked like he had his helmet on, was eager to get back in the game, but he was held out. There seems to be, it's a weird relationship to this point. It almost seems like between the Titans and Julio, but he could be a big difference maker along with Brown at receiver and paired with Henry. that's That could be tough to stop if they get rolling. Now Washington, Green Bay. Taylor Haneke, I've talked him up. He's still a young quarterback. So it's not like something to get super concerned about, but he has been inconsistent recently. He might be trying to do too much maybe. Washington is another team that's banged up big time. Antonio Gibson has been kind of hobbled all year and they'll have a tough task keeping up with the Packers Aaron Rodgers coming off the solid game the run game did a lot of the damage but Rodgers played well as usual against the Bears Rodgers ran it in for a touchdown toward the end of the game to basically I guess it kind of sealed it and he yelled at the Bears fans I own you I still own you it was pretty funny in what maybe, who knows, it could be his final game at Soldier Field as the quarterback of the Packers if he does move on in the offseason. But it was, it would be a funny moment if that was his final game as a Packer at Chicago. And the Packers should keep it going this week against the Washington defense that has been perhaps the most disappointing unit in the league to this point this season. The other, I think the other biggest game in the early 1 o'clock window Maybe the biggest game overall tied with the Chiefs and Titans for this week is the Bengals at Baltimore. The Ravens were the team that completely shut down the Chargers last week. They've been on fire since the comeback win a couple of weeks ago, the second 
half of Monday Night Football against the Colts. Their confidence is probably as high as it's ever been in the past few years under Lamar Jackson, which is saying something. He won MVP a couple years ago. But the Bengals are confident too. They're 4-2. and two. They It could have been a trap game a little bit against the Lions last week, but it was not. The Bengals dominated. And I'm interested to see how Joe Burrow fares against the defense that made Justin Herbert look worse than he's looked. And it helps that Burrow has his friend Jamar Chase to throw to. It'll be a really good matchup between the Ravens secondary, the Bengals receivers, Burrow against the defense overall, and Lamar Jackson and the Ravens offense against a underrated Bengals defense. The Giants, they host the Panthers this week. Giants have just been killed by injuries. Kadaris Tony is now injured, the first round rookie who looked really good a couple of weeks ago with 10 catches, 189 yards. Now he's hurt. Barkley's still hurt. Kenny Galladay looks like he's going to miss another week probably. But the Panthers are reeling a little bit too. They lost three straight games after a 3-0 start. And Matt Rule says almost that they want to revamp things completely on offense to some extent and run the ball a lot more than they have. He's pretty much says they're a running team. They're going to run the ball. They don't have Christian McCaffrey. Unfortunately, he went on IR late last week, and he's going to miss at least two more games. But the Panthers can still run it more, take pressure off Darnold, play to the dynamic defense. And as they look to contend for a playoff spot this year, it's imperative that they get back on track with a win against the Giants this week. Then there's Atlanta at Miami. Atlanta is coming off the bye. They're both coming off London games. Atlanta's last game was in London, but Atlanta had the bye. Miami, again, they opted against the bye following coming back from another continent. The Falcons will get Calvin Ridley back in the lineup after he missed the last game with the personal issue. And with Ridley back and with the way they featured Kyle Pitts, the way they've been using Cordero Patterson as a dual threat out of the backfield, Mike Davis running the ball. The Falcons can do some exciting things on offense especially, and we'll see if the defense can play like they did in London, doing a pretty nice job against the Jets. For Miami, they've been one of the most disappointing teams this season. They didn't have Xavier Howard and Byron Jones last week in London, so that hurt. Brian Flores wants to also, another coach that wants to run the ball more. It's been a theme. Um, the analytics people don't like running the ball, really. But it's been a theme for coaches to want to run the ball more. And they understand it will help them control the game. But now rumors are flying like crazy about the Dolphins getting ready to trade for Deshaun Watson from the Texans. Feels like it's going to happen. I think right now they're trying to unload Tua. Tangaveloa to another team in a, not necessarily a three-team deal, but just unload Tua to another team if they bring in Watson. The thing is, I'm not sure they'll be able to get much value for Tua like in the middle of the season. He's a former top five pick, and they're probably not going to get the value they want in return for him if they do, in fact, acquire Watson and part ways with Tua. 
But I would say keep an eye on Seattle as a landing spot this offseason, potentially for Tua. If the Russell Wilson thing, it sounds like he does maybe want to go to another team still, according to like Greg Olson a little bit indicated that, some reports. So if Wilson does leave Seattle, which Pete Carroll says they want to run the ball like crazy, which Wilson maybe doesn't want to. They probably don't agree exactly, Carroll and Wilson, on the direction the team should go. So I'd say keep an eye on Seattle as a landing spot for Tua if they part ways with Wilson. And the Watson thing, I don't know how you trade for him, but with all this stuff, off-field stuff, but the feeling has been that he'll be traded at some point this offseason to a new team and the Dolphins are really the fit. And you got to remember, like, GM Chris Greer for the Dolphins, he's probably has to save his, do something to save his job, and that might, might be a splash move like trading for Watson. And the final 1 o'clock game of the week, Jets at New England. Zach Wilson threw four interceptions in his first game against Bill Belichick's defense. So he's looking for some redemption. The game is now in Foxborough, which is even tougher. But he did have the bye to prepare, have some extra time to prepare for the defense that he already saw this year. And for the Patriots, they're coming off another tough loss. They just haven't quite had the juice to win close games against top teams, really talented teams the past couple of years. But Mac Jones, a rookie, he's played well, been really promising. Receiver Kendrick Bourne said like he's special. Catching passes from him is like catching a pillow. He is extremely accurate. And the future is bright with the Patriots, but there's the fans kind of have been impatient. Some fans, some a lot of them I'm sure understand, but I've seen some fans getting impatient with the team not winning like they used to, which it's a process that's going to take time. For the 4 o'clock games, Philly against Las Vegas, the Raiders came out strong in their first game without John Gruden. It helps having leaders like Derek Carr, Darren Waller. They've, I think, stepped up and assumed a leadership role to kind of keep things going with what Gruden was building. Fox's Fox Sports's Jay Glazer says that several players went to visit Gruden's house to like say goodbye and get closure after the resignation. And to some extent they might be playing for Gruden a little bit, maybe. It was it's an unprecedented situation. A coach resigning for private emails that Weird situation. And the Eagles, they nearly came back and beat the Bucks. The Bucks kind of iced the game late on offense. But for as bad as they've looked at times, they're finding a way to either come back or make games close. It helps that Jalen Hurts is a gamer that even if it isn't pretty all the time, throwing the ball, his dual threat ability can in some ways keep things close. But I think there's a little too much being put on his plate right now. 
you can't really run on the Bucks too well, even though the Eagles did do so late. In other games in particular, it's not ideal for Hertz to be throwing nearly or at or past 40 times a game. At least not at this point in his career. I thought it would happen earlier this season when there was talk about it too, but they might really actually get Miles Sanders in their own game going more this week against Vegas. Detroit will go to Los Angeles, face their former quarterback, Matthew Stafford. The Rams are coming in hot. They handled the Giants easily last week. And they'll be hosting Jared Goff, who was in some ways called out by head coach Dan Campbell after week six. But Campbell didn't just call out Goff. He said everyone needs to step up, including Goff, who needs to do more. But Goff's in a tough spot. The outside weapons receivers for Detroit are probably not even a question. The the least support in the league in terms of outside weapons. And I feel badly for Goff the way the situation unfolded. The media basically made it like he's a scapegoat. The Rams didn't didn't handle the trade well, in my opinion. The guy took them to a Super Bowl, helped take them to a Super Bowl, had huge playoff wins in the Superdome, comeback win in January. So I feel badly for golf a little bit. I hope he plays well, and I don't know about upsetting the Rams, but I hope he plays really well. Chicago at Tampa Bay. The Bucks were upset by the Bears last year on a short week Thursday night. So expect at home the Bucks to be very prepared with Brady at home in three games. Brady has touchdown totals of passing touchdowns of five, five, and four. He has 14 passing touchdowns in three home games this season. Bears defense is pretty tough. I don't know if he'll hit those marks again, but he's in a good spot with the game being at home instead of at Soldier Field. And for the Bears running on Tampa Bay is going to be a challenge, but Khalil Herbert was really good last week as a rookie, uh, making his first start with Damien Williams was on the COVID list, and David Montgomery is out, still on injured reserve. But Herbert, he, he looks like a fine for the Bears long term. But this week, they need to get Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney going. Robinson was open deep. The TV uh, broadcast showed for a touchdown. Justin Fields didn't look his way, which is tough. Fields is a rookie and experienced. But look for the Bears' need to, like, they're not going to be able to run the ball like they want to. They're going to need to get their receivers going this week to keep up with Brady. Houston, Arizona. The Texans, they took a step back after a pretty promising week five against the Patriots, close loss. And they took a step back against the Colts last week, got demolished. It's their building. They're, they got to build this up. They released Whitley, Whitney Merciless, who signed with the Packers, longtime pass rusher. They're a, Houston is a big process. It'll help if they pull off the Deshaun Watson trade. That would be big. They don't. I don't think they want them anymore in the building to get, if they can get three first round picks and more, that would be outstanding. And the Cardinals without Cliff Kingsbury last week, they didn't have much trouble with the Browns. 
Arizona's a physical team. Kingsbury was brought in to run the air raid system, but they've been really physical, especially on defense, and they can run the ball on offense with James Conner, Chase Edmonds. And the lone undefeated team should improve to 7-0 this week facing Houston. And the Sunday night game, Colts visit the Niners. The Niners coming off a bye. Jimmy Garoppolo appears healthy coming off the calf injury. That forced him to miss one game. He should be back. And good thing because Trey Lance is dealing with a knee issue. He's probably not going to be able to suit up on Sunday night. But coming off the bye, they host the Colts. It's been a little bit under the radar. Carson Wentz is actually, it's surprising to me, playing really well. Getting T.Y. Hilton back last week for the first time after he dealt with a neck injury. That helps. They lost Paris Campbell to a foot injury again, but Wentz is playing well. He has weapons. He has a great group of running backs. Quentin Nelson, all-pro guard, should be back pretty soon. And the Indy defense, Darius Leonard is always a great leader and gets them ready to play, but this week DeForest Buckner, all-pro defensive tackle, should have more of a chip on his shoulder. He basically said so himself that he's more motivated this week facing the Niners team. Remember the Niners and the Colts did a big trade. Uh, Buckner was traded to Indy for a first round pick, basically just because they couldn't, couldn't pay him under the salary cap. So we'll see if Buckner can blow up the run game for the Niners this week. And finally, Monday night, the Seahawks will host the Saints, the Saints coming off the bye. Saints getting healthier. I don't think Michael Thomas is going to be back, but they're getting healthier on both sides of the ball. The formula for the Saints is probably to play to the defense. James Winston, take care of the ball. Feed off and Camara. But it won't be easy getting a win at Seattle. As Seattle showed last week, they're, even without Russell Wilson, they're not going to be easy to beat. Pete Carroll talked about the importance of the run game, how they control the game in the second half against the Steelers. They were, I believe it was 14-0 they were losing in the first half. Second half, they went to a super run-heavy approach, and Alex Collins broke some nice runs. They got back into it and nearly won. Took the Steelers to overtime. It was funny. Russell Wilson did a whole game, more than a game, I think, in the pregame, like going through the motions at a fast pace, but going through the motions and plays like he was running a real game. So that's going to help him stay in shape for when he's ready to return. It was also funny. Wilson went out for the coin toss, which is legal. He's a team captain, and even though he's not active, he can do it. But it's funny how how involved he is, how much he cares, obviously, about his team and how much he wants to win, even though he's not on the field right now. So even without Wilson in the lineup, I think it's an entertaining game to end the week. I think the Saints coming off the bye if the Seahawks can improve like they did on defense last year after a dreadful start, same bad start this year, but they improved last week against the Steelers and it could be a close defensive battle on Monday night for against the spread block of the week for entertainment purposes. There's five good ones we like this week on wolfsports.com for all of them. Sign up for Fantasy Conciliary to get all five. But one of them, Green Bay, hosting Washington. Green Bay is seven and a half point favorite. 
they've been feeling it as of late. Aaron Rodgers is in a good mood uh, after the IONU comment to the Bears. The run game's really good. A.J. Dillon's been involved along with Aaron Jones. Packers should cover at home. We'll see what happens. Again, all five against the spread picks on wolfsports.com. And now to the questions. Again, if you have questions or comments or you just want to share your own thoughts, you can send them in David Chapin at wolfsports.com. Stan from New Jersey. Do you think Deshaun Watson is traded by a deadline this year? I don't think any team should trade for him. That's Stan from New Jersey. I agree. I wouldn't trade for him, but I would let the process, the off-field process play out. It does the insiders, or if you want to call them that, whatever, the insiders seem to indicate that Watson will be traded. Again, I discussed it early in the show. I think he'll be traded to the Dolphins at some point. I hope the Eagles don't get involved. We'll see. Uh, Harry Erzman might want to make a move like that. But the off-field stuff might keep the Eagles away. But I, I think Miami is probably the spot. Whole land. Timmy from New York. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you for listening, Timmy. We're going to keep it going uh, all year. All season, at least. And Derek from Maine. Who's your early MVP pick? Thank you for the question, Derek. Um, I'm not sure. I, I don't really want to get into MVP stuff. It's way too early. Last year, I guess Russell Wilson probably was like the heavy favorite, and it that didn't turn out to. He wasn't really in consideration much at the end. It's still so early. We added an extra game. My preseason pick was Tom Brady. I think he's got a shot. Kyler Murray's playing really well. Josh Allen, Rodgers. Derrick Henry, I mean, if you're picking right now, it might be Derrick Henry. But running backs don't get a ton of love. So we'll see what happens. Maybe mid-season, a few more games. We'll see where things stand. But thank you for the question. And with that, we'll end the show there. It's been episode seven already, seven episodes. Thank you all for listening. If you'd like, please consider subscribing wherever you listen Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and rate if you have a moment, because that does help getting the podcast found by more people. So again, thank you for listening. Enjoy the week, and we'll be back next week.